I just sense in my heart this morning. I'm going to keep the hand up here. So if you need to grab chairs, someone get you chairs, okay? I just feel in my heart we need to shuffle some things. Sharon and I flew in late last night from Israel. And I'm a little messed up. It's a good mess. You can be seated, but I'm going to ask Donna to keep playing pads. I just don't want to do church. (laughs) I love church. I just don't want to do the same thing all the time and always expect a different result. As we all know, that's the definition of insanity. So I had a lot of time to process 14 days in the Holy Land and to pray. You need me in the monitors? You can hear me? Okay, great. I just want to be real this morning. I Something changed. I had my birthday over in the Holy Land. It was my 55th birthday. I know you thought I was a lot younger than that, I understand. But some of you are like, is that old? I thought he was older than that. We're a prophetic company, prophetic movement. Some people call it pathetic. I call it prophetic, trying to be. I believe in the fivefold ministry apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I believe in the fullness of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And signs and wonders are supposed to follow us. And as I woke up this morning in prayer, driving in, my wife and I were praying, coming to church as we usually do. And I felt the Lord lay on my heart something. I want to go after it. If it's God, I want it. If I have to push my own personal agenda aside, I will push it away instantaneously because I learned my agenda is not what's priority. (laughs) His is. And I know a lot of people don't like the flowy stuff. That's whatever. Some people love it. Whatever. But I know one thing. If it's God, I want it. If it's Holy Spirit, I want more. And so when I was getting ready this morning, I I had looked for a special anointing oil that I wanted to pick up in Israel. And I wanted two fragrances together, frankincense and myrrh together. And I had a hard time finding it in the places we were going. The last place we went to, I ended up finding it there. Frankincense and myrrh are, some people call it the scent of Christ. His preparation, oil. And this morning, I looked at my two little boxes, bottles of oil, and I felt I needed to grab one and bring it this morning, that I needed to open it here. And it's interesting, one of the boxes got a little crinkled in my suitcase, so I grabbed the good-looking box, and the Lord just laid on my heart, no, grab the other one. 
And I felt in my heart that we don't need to be perfect. We can be a little crinkled when we come to him. And so I brought it this morning, my, the box I left in. The, you know what? For some crazy reason, uh, I'll get David or somebody just to go into my office and grab that little box. Uh, it had an anointing oil in it. It's empty right now, but the oil's up here. It was actually the cheapest oil that we had found as well, too. And I felt like the Lord lay in my heart this morning that he paid an ultimate price so you and I could be set free. Some people thought the life of Jesus was cheap, but for the Father, it was the most expensive price that could have been paid. Father God could not have paid a higher price because he himself couldn't die but his only son could and we went through all over Israel I'll tell you what if you want to do a full on trip and see absolutely everything go with the Russians that's what we went with 52 Russians we colluded with them colluded to see Israel tell you what from morning till night because some of them struggled a long time to pay for enough money to make that trip and so their culture is to get absolutely everything they can out of what they are offered and I seriously we saw everything in seven days bam 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 I mean from Golan Heights to the north we went up and we prophesied and prayed Syria is a kilometer away, Libya is to our left, Syria is to our right. We're standing in the, 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 the bunkers and the military strongholds that were fighting and contending for that land. And we prayed and declared over Syria that Golan Heights would remain Israel's. And little did we know Trump the very next day declared that the Golan Heights are Israel's. I mean, oh! It, it's now heated up Syria and some other countries. From the birth of Christ in Palestine, a Palestinian land we went to, Bethlehem, Jerusalem, we can't even list all the places we went. To be out on the Sea of Galilee, wanted to jump out of the boat so Pastor Andre he came up and he said and he poured water out on the floor and says walk on the water I said okay that's that's a safe way to do it to the feeding of the 5,000 to water that bubbles out of the mountain the beginning of the Jordan to going through the holy city to literally go into areas where some tours never get to because they prepared this six months in advance and they, they've gone so many times, these Russian groups, that they have favor on all these other places. We went literally down to the original ground, about 30 feet under the ground now, down to the original ground in the caverns that were outside the original wall of Jerusalem, onto the original stones, the stones that Jesus walked on and the disciples walked on. 
It was emotional. Sharon took her shoes off right away. I took mine off to stand on the ground of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to go into his tomb and I can 100% declare it's empty. Wars, rumors of wars and ragings of wars. When we were there, Syria got a little hot-headed and sent a bunch of missiles over Tel Aviv and, hmm? Or the Gaza, what did I say? Syria, sorry, Gaza, I'm sorry, Gaza Strip. In our last hotel that Sharon and I stayed in, it, it hit somewhere between Tel Aviv and Netanya where we were staying, which probably is five to 10 miles, that house that got destroyed somewhere close to our hotel. It's a reality, Israel is under attack and we need to pray for its peace because it's surrounded by countries that don't want Israel to exist because there's a religious war that's still raging. A lot of us don't understand a religious war. We understand a war, we take over a country, it becomes ours, but this is a religious war, it's a lot different. So I brought this oil today And I felt in my heart, God, you want to do some miracles. I know that. My son mentioned about throwing, taking his mantle and putting it on the altar. And when I went to the wailing wall, Sharon went on the women's side. I went on the men's side. I have to, I have to put a little beanie on. Thank goodness they had ones you could just grab and put on. And the order of the wailing wall is, you walk up to it, you pray, put your little note if you want, but you pray. You don't turn from the wailing wall, you walk back facing in prayer. And then you turn. And I thought, Lord, I know that's traditional. There's a lot of traditions going on. A lot of the Jewish people are still waiting for a Messiah. Many Jews, see Jesus Christ as the Messiah, and, and they are saved. I thought, Lord, there's a lot of traditions that happen, what you're supposed to do. But every one of them that I'm talking about was about honor. Are we willing to believe that there's more? Are we willing to believe in the culture of honor? There's a greater level of his presence that will come upon us if we honor him. If we honor each other, are we willing to believe that there will actually be more for us? As we give out our honor to each other, are we willing to believe that something greater is coming back? But so often we want people to first prove their honor to us. We don't want to just hand out our love. We want to make sure they're trustworthy to receive it. But it's absolutely anti-Jesus, anti-Christ. I know many of us have been hurt and you don't just give your love out freely. You don't give your honor out freely. But the reality is, is we are to freely give. That every one of us in this house right now, everyone watching on TV right now, and all of our ministries around the world, we have over a hundred churches and ministries now around the world. 
We have to love each other and honor each other. Don't look at everyone's issues and problems. And when we walk into this place, this meeting place, this is like a tabernacle of his presence. People died to protect that tabernacle. In the old covenant, even good willing people saw that it was going to fall or felt it was going to fall, so they reached their hand up and touched it. That Ark of the Covenant, and what happened? They died. People have died for this presence. People are dying today for this presence. And Jesus Christ died for the presence I'm talking about. I'm not going to start remembering all my old Hebrew from biblical studies and start preaching in Hebrew. I like Bethel. They have Hebrews. If you've ever been, it's the coffee shop. Hebrews. It's not a Starbucks, but it's anointed down there. I have a plan, and I'm just going to throw it out right now. I always bring my iPad and my Bible up, and I realized, oh, great. In all my travel and moving and getting in late last night, a little jet lagged. I left my Bible. It was in my other case. And I thought, Lord, I can't go up there without my Bible. And he said, well, grab the Bible that's on your desk. And I did, and it's my Santa Biblia. And some of you know this Bible, but... This Bible is one of two Bibles. I wrote it. That remained in the box after God turned 48 Bibles, two boxes of 24, into 480 Bibles for 478 salvations. It's when I had brought Bill Johnson and Chris Volatin into La Paz, Mexico for the first time with a Bethel team in 2002-2003. The boxes of Bibles kept filling as the team handed out 478 Bibles. God multiplied his word. It went from two boxes of 24 Bibles is all I had. 48 Bibles, it multiplied to 480 Bibles. And this is one of two that remained in the box, one in each box. I don't know if you're prophetic or not, but it happens to be the miracle Bible that I just happen to have up here with me today. As I stand on the ground of the feeding of at least 5,000 men, not to mention all the women and children, probably 15 to 20,000 people. I wonder what God can multiply in Canada. America from our Windward Yelm Church visitors, the people that are here. If you're sick today, could he heal you? If you need financial breakthrough, could he heal it? Could he bring it? need wisdom could he bring it 
going to show some pictures here quickly. I've randomly put these together with, I sent them to Sam first, just as the service was starting, so it's no presentation. I want to put them together and share a little bit. It's about John chapter 5, but before we show them, I'm going to read John chapter 5. It's about the man healed at the pool of Bethesda. You know, in our North American pictures, how many of you saw the picture of the pool of Bethesda was a nice pool with rockery around it and a nice area to lie down beside it and everyone was lying there waiting for the stirring of the water. Well, I, I actually, Aaron and I actually went to the pool of Bethesda and it doesn't look like that. It really doesn't. It's at the sheep gate entrance into Jerusalem where the sheep would come in because it was the place that wasn't as holy and it was set up more for animals, the sheep, to come in for the sacrifices. And one of the theology ideas is that the people that were at the Pool of Bethesda was actually a Greek area of the city, of the pool. It was outside the gates of Jerusalem. I don't know if this is true or not, but it sounded good. Our Russian bishop, he, he actually studied it a lot, and he shared the story. And Jesus walked out the sheep gate of the city to the pool of Bethesda. This, kind of to check it out. What was happening with the Greeks or whoever it is out there? Here's the miracle worker walking out to check the pool out. And out there, when he gets out there, he sees a man there, crippled. Been waiting a long time for a miracle, 38 years. Let's read it. John 5, starting in verse 1. And after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. It's interesting. The majority of the texts read up to in those days in verse 3, all the texts read up to in those days, in, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed. A few of the original texts no longer include the rest of three and all of verse four. But our canon has all of verse three and four in it. We're going to go with that because I believe that's the word of God. I just want to say all, not all the texts, the NU did not have that in it. So let's continue on. Waiting for the moving of the water. Verse 4, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever diseases he had. Again, the NU text omits waiting for the moving of the water at the end of verse 3 and all of verse 4. Doesn't mean it's not in the Bible, it just means not all the text had that last little part. Does it change it? Yes and no. The reality is, is people were waiting to be healed in the water. When the moving of the water would happen in the pool of Bethesda, people would wait there 
to get into the water and the first ones in would get healed. Verse 5. And now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? What do you think the man would have said at this point in time? Uh, no, actually, I, I've been coming here for 38 years a cripple, and I just want to stay crippled. <laughs> I've been coming for 38 years to be healed, but I just want to stay a cripple. No. What do you think that man would have felt? One, who are you? But two, I'm willing to go after it, no matter who you are, because what I've been doing for 38 years hasn't worked super well. Verse seven, the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. What he's saying is, sir, everyone is pushing in front of me and no one is here to help me. I'm lame, I'm crippled. And I always thought, well, why can't, if he has movement of his arms, why can't he just drag himself and kerplunk into this beautiful pool that we see in our North American theologies? Until I went there and saw it. Now I understand. 38 years, no one's willing to give up what they've come for to help him. Selfishness in the miraculous. Selfishness to be healed. You know, I travel 45 countries of the world, conferences of thousands of people. And yes, I see a lot of hungry people that'll push people out of the way to get in to get a touch, to get prayer. I've watched fights going on, people pushing each other out of the way. I'm like, oh Lord, I understand the hunger. But when it's selfishness, the hunger gets defeated in our lives. The hunger defeats the, the, the ability of the miracle in our lives, if it's selfish. You know what I'm saying? Be hungry, absolutely but never lose the culture of honor. Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus didn't clear the crowds away. He just said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Now think of Jesus walking into an area checking them out, checking out this other group's healing wells or checking out maybe whatever he's doing. I'm not saying in a negative way, just sort of, hey, he's, a, he's started his ministry now. He just wants to see what, how others are being healed. Does that make sense? You know, like he didn't have Facebook. He didn't have the internet. He's just walking out to see how this other group is doing the healings, how, how these people are getting healed. And that's one of the reasons that people would say that he was in an area that could have been mostly Greek at that point. Because verse 8, 9 says, immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and that day was the Sabbath. 
Verse 10, the Jews therefore said to him, who was cured? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. (laughs) So now the Jews are angry at this guy. And he answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. And then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Jesus withdrew quickly, probably back in to the walls of Jerusalem. And I feel like what the Lord was saying this morning. Since the new covenant, the pool no longer needs to be stirred. It's constantly in motion. His healing waters, no longer do you have to wait for the stirring to take place. His healing waters are available to us now, every minute, every second of this day. I'm going to show you some pictures of this pool of Bethesda. And I'm going to show you the staircase getting down into the pool that's actually under the ground in the caverns. And this layman couldn't get down. It was steep enough for us. And they put these metal platforms over the original rock so no one would slip and fall. Let's put up the first picture. I don't know what order they're in here, so let's see. Okay, so this is coming into that area. These are original buildings built. Go ahead next. Just showing you the area outside the sheep gate. Go ahead. Here's a video of us going down the staircase into this pool. And this platform wasn't there. The stairs just went right down. And it was stairs that went into the water, but there was like one person at a time going down. This is about 30 feet, 20 feet underground. Next. I'm showing you this for a reason. Because this was Old Covenant healing. There's the staircase. You can see the original stairs starting to come down next. Just think of all the people that walked down those stairs. Got healed in that water. That Jesus brought new covenant because he's the new water. He's the new wine. Next. These are the meeting areas up top. We walk through them just to show you an idea of where the people would wait in the line going down. There's the stairs going down. And people would, oh, it's making me dizzy. People would walk or wait up top waiting for an opportunity. 38 years this man came here. In 38 years he lied on this ground and not one person offered to help him. Not one person was willing to say, you know what? I need a miracle, but why don't I put you first? Get your miracle. Because if they would have just thought, what was these walls were built in 100 BC, 100 years before Christ. One person just needed to say, you know what? Maybe if I carry you down these stairs, we can both get healed. Maybe if I put your miracle in front of my miracle, 
Maybe I'll be excited and ecstatic at your miracle even more than my own. Russian team. The pastor Andre was to the right. He's the senior pastor of 50 churches in Russia. Woo, there we are. You can keep going. I have an earpiece in because they actually brought a translator to translate from Russian to English for us. Go ahead. I think that might be all of them. I show you this for a reason. Are we willing to give something up for someone else's miracle? Would we be willing to not have what we want immediately? Or should we change our understanding and our thought pattern that what I want is you to be healed? Hold it, I want to be healed first. I want it all, I want it all. You know what, I tell you many times, I'm a little greedy when it comes to more. I'm hungry for more. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll go after it. God, if you say it, I'm doing it. I want more. I'm hungry. I'll even sometimes squeeze myself in. I, I travel in different cultures and countries, and Sharon wasn't used to the amount of squeezing and pushing and shoving that was going to happen on this trip. It's just normal. I said, just push them back. It's normal. They're not going to be offended. When I go to Korea, it's like, thank the Lord, I'm usually a little bigger than the average Korean individual, but just getting off the airplane into the airport and getting through customs, it's like, if you hold back, I'll tell you, you ain't never going to go anywhere. And so I thank the Lord, I'm a little bit bigger. I could just, ur, ur, I'm pushing them back and they're totally fine with it. It's just different culture. But I, what I feel like the Lord is laying in my heart today for each one of us is, what is your culture? Are you pushing to get there first or are you willing? You see, the lame man for 38 years wanted to get healed. He wanted so badly. And if there's anyone that deserved a miracle, he deserved it. He did. But for 38 years, he didn't probably get so aggravated and frustrated and started yelling and swearing at the people like, get out of there. This is my time. No, he just sat there. I don't know what he did. Maybe he cried and he wept. Maybe he just got pushed out of the way. But not one person in 38 years wanted to see his miracle first. Not one until Jesus came. <laughs> and Jesus heals him. I hope encourage you here today. What are we here for? Is it just what you can get? Or are we here to help build a culture of the kingdom of heaven at hand? To help build a culture of family in such a way that people that walk in here are going to get a touch. Maybe even bigger and greater than yours, but I guarantee you, if we have that hard attitude that they get a touch, it won't be bigger than yours. It'll be bigger than you could have ever gotten on trying to do it on your own because it's a culture of honor. I, I am here, oh, I am hungry for more. I want more. Could I have stayed in bed? Sure. But I know one thing for sure. What would make me joyous today is to see you get healed. I believe I received something over there. 
And you could say, well, a selfishness. No, 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 no. It's good to understand your identity in Christ Jesus. He's moving and moving to and fro across the lands. He has never stopped moving as one of the words was given to me today. He has never stopped moving. He doesn't stop moving. He is moving. He's just looking for a people, for a tribe, for a family to come along with him and move with him. And we're like crying out, oh God, we want to move you. Uh, He's like, dudes, I'm moving. You want to step into my movement, says the Lord? Then worship me, praise me, celebrate his holy name, Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. That's what we have to be in our marriages. I get more joy now watching my my wife be blessed, my kids be blessed. I get more joy than receiving the blessing. But I'm actually receiving a greater blessing because I have more joy seeing them get blessed. I get ecstatic when Kevin and Donna get blessed. When they're doing things and having things that they shouldn't actually have. I know their finances. I signed the check. But God's blessed them. I get excited about it. It's like, yeah, God, you're so big. People are getting blessed. And if you're not getting blessed, find out why. Because I guarantee you it's not the attitude of God not to bless you. Maybe there's some selfishness inside. Maybe there's some me, me, me in there. And Jesus wasn't about me, me, me. He was about you, you, you. Paul had to die to self daily. He had to die to me, me, me attitude daily. I have to die to it daily. I want you, you, you. Russia, Russia, Mexico. All the countries and nations that we now minister in. Oh God, I want to see them grow. I want to see them accelerate. I want to see our churches multiply over and over again, Father. And people will say, but what about your own church here? I want to see more, absolutely. I believe the blessings. I believe we've, we've literally turned a pivotal point where there's a growth acceleration. But we got churches of a thousand people all over the place. And I tell you what, I don't care what numbers are in here. What I care is that the family's on fire for God, going after God, and is not stuck on themselves. Someone who is scheduled for an operation may be in the abdomen area. This is what some of the prophetic people got this morning. Someone who has a bad knee, especially the right side. Someone who has a sore right elbow. Someone who is not able to run, but who would like to run. I believe spiritually as well. Backs. Jim caught me in the bathroom this morning before service and he said I feel like backs are going to be healed he didn't know that the Lord had laid in my heart that this is a day of miracle signs and wonders and what's the first word that that Becky called out was backs Jim had just said backs to me 10 minutes before Becky calls out backs especially for those who have suffered pain for quite a while. Someone who has suffered migraine headaches, someone who has suffered whiplash from an accident, 
a car accident of some kind, healing between a, a daughter and a mother, a relationship. Someone, maybe a lady, but someone who's been praying for, can't read his writing. Oh, uh, salvation of grandmother. Someone who has been praying for a brother or sister. For far away. Oh, someone who's been praying for a brother or sister that's far away. For severe asthma. Someone who's been praying for a sister and come home from the streets of Vancouver. Someone who just needs a miracle, a healing in whatever area of your body, physically. Someone who needs a healing miraculously, spiritually. I would actually rather be healed spiritually and have a bit of a thorn in my flesh or a limp or whatever. Let me just tell you, we don't need an angel to stir the water. Jesus is the living water and by his stripes we are healed maybe you need some wisdom in finances well I pray God gives you wisdom before he blesses you with the money I've watched a few of those documentary on lotto winners 98.9% of them are broke within two to three years after winning millions they got blessed with money, but didn't have wisdom on how to handle it. So why don't we go after the wisdom first right now? So then when the blessings increase and come, we're actually gonna be wise with it. <laughs> Fertility. Better marriage. needs a miracle today just stand if you need a miracle a healing miracle right now just stand I'm gonna ask you to come up front I want everybody else to walk up with them put your hands on them I'm gonna ask you. you don't have to come up I'm gonna ask you but I'm gonna anoint people here today I feel the fire burning in my bones say this and I want you to hear what I'm saying I haven't had enough sleep to lose the anointing of what I received in the Holy Land that's prophetic because many people sleep too much they're sleeping and not carrying their anointing my son Justin said he felt the Lord asking him he said came over to both Sharon and I and said I don't understand I feel like the mantle that's been given to me on my shoulders, I'm supposed to take it off and put it on the altar. I said, absolutely. I said, at the wailing wall, or, or if you study the, the rabbinical law of the past, what happens is as, as the men come forward, they, they would either put the mantle over their head, or they would literally take the mantle off, put it on the altar, and lie out prostrate before the Father. I said, because as we take off what God has given to us, a mantle, 
that we're known by, we take it off, we open up ourselves to more of Him for the sake our identity is not in a mantle, our identity is in Him first. Because the mantle now are the gifts that God has given to us. The mantles that we carry are the five gifts of the Spirit, one of them or all of them. I'm not sure that's your, between you and God. And the nine gifts of the Spirit, that becomes the mantle. And the heavier and thicker the mantle is, the more you're operating in those gifts. First in your own life, before you ever do it in anybody else's life, you're first changing your own life. We're going after it personally first. But this morning I feel, as we're all gathered together, some of you that need the miracle, go after it right now. Just put your hand on whatever part of your body needs the touch. And just say, God, I'm expecting the miracle right now in Jesus' name. And if you're here and you don't need a physical miracle, then you're praying for everyone who's touching something on their body. And you're saying, God, I'm, I'm going to be the one that's going to carry this lame person. 38 years waiting. I'm going to be the one that's going to bring them into the pool. I'm going to carry them into the pool. Wow, the Lord's just speaking to me clearly right now. That Now take your hand off of you and just put it on someone beside you and be the one to speak the miracle. You don't need to know what the miracle needs are. Just be the one right now and say, God, I speak the miracle into my neighbor. I'm stepping in the gap for my neighbor. I'm stepping in the gap for the person beside me. I'm stepping in the gap for somebody that's sick in your family that's not here or a friend in the hospital that's not here. Step in the gap. You're going to be the one today that's going to take a miracle, take them into the place of a healing in the name of Jesus Christ. This is in faith. We know that Jesus is the healer. We're just stepping in faith for people. And in your heart right now, and convince your mind in every way in your heart some of you have been longing for a miracle so bad that it has dominated your life in many it's dominated your thought patterns you've been longing for this miracle in your own life so long it's dominated your mind you're waking up thinking about it you're going to bed thinking about it throughout the day you're thinking about it it could be the miracle of lost loved one it could be the miracle uh, uh, the, the, the pain and hurt that you need relief from from a divorce or from a bad situation uh, whatever it is it's been consuming some of you and I feel like the Lord is saying here this morning no longer think about what you need but pray for the person who has a greater need. And you say, but my need is greater. It's greater than every need. No, that's the selfish motivation I'm trying to break off today. Your need is not greater than the person beside you. Their need is greater right now. Oh, but God, I need it. I'm broken. My heart is broken. I need it, God. You know what? You have it today, but go after somebody who needs it more. I ask you, Lord Jesus, I ask for the greatest miraculous happening to be in our mind right now, Father, to be in our hearts. That I'm willing not to get my miracle need today as long as my friend beside me gets theirs. 
<laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, Lord Jesus. Kidney issues be healed. Blood disorder, I can see it in Jesus' name. Maybe someone watching or here even has AIDS or has been declared AIDS. I just declare the opposite in Jesus' name. You no longer have AIDS in Jesus' name. Let the lower backs be healed, Father. Prostates be healed in Jesus' name. Pancreas be healed. No more tumors or lumps in Jesus' name. Cancers go out in Jesus' name. just seeing so much right now I'm watching miracles of the physical miracles of the supernatural and I'm watching broken hearts get restored I'm watching men and women longing for a husband and a wife and I can see their partners uh, that are longing for the same thing and they're getting connected in Jesus name I just I just see so much on in the spirit moving right now. There's angels in this building. There's angels on this land. Uh, in the fire of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's a whirlwind in this house. Uh, there's a whirlwind of his fire. There's a whirlwind of his presence in Jesus' name. <laughs> I can see a cloud in the distance. Just a small little cloud. When Sharon and I, we went on our own up to Mount Carmel. I wanted to see where the prophets of Baal lost their lives. <laughs> I wanted to see where Elijah taunted them by saying, get more water. Get more water. Up on this mountain where there isn't water, it had to all be bucketed up the hill. <laughs> and Sharon and I stood we don't know if we're in the right place or not but we stood on the mountain of Carmel and we looked out over the Mediterranean Ocean and I said oh God I have faith for a little cloud I have faith for a little cloud they would become so big And it would flood the valleys. Oh, yeah, but Elijah got fear in him after and took off running. I know, it was about 13 to 17 kilometers. He outran the chariot. God girded up his loins. But focus on what God did. Devil, you have no power, you have no authority. 
we choose to give you no identity in our lives whatsoever, devil. In the name of Jesus, we are Christ's followers. We are disciples. We are sons. We are daughters of the kingdom of heaven. And we will walk this land in power and in authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Wow. I feel the Lord saying that you and I are called to be the stirrers of the waters. That where we walk, it should be stirring up the waters. That where we walk, oh, it'll aggravate the devils, absolutely. But they deserve to be aggravated. right now I can actually see things leaving he's like but they're almost like I would have thought in my physical mind that someone's dying and their spirit is leaving kind of look like that but I think what it is it's old man's time and the old man's spirit is leaving unless someone literally dies right now but I really believe there's a spiritual death of old nature right now spiritual death of old nature that we're dying to self right now not for self dying to self right now that your gift is no greater than anyone else's gift but yet your gift is the greatest gift God created in you but you're no better than anybody else no you're a son you're a daughter you don't see them as being your better or your wiser what you see is your wisdom and your gift is first changing you changing your identity I, what I'm saying this is for a reason because there's people that think they are better than the person beside them they think their gift is more powerful than the person beside them but I'm here to declare that that is a lie it is not your gift. God gave it to you, but it came from Him. And He gave it to us, not for your glory, but for His glory. Oh, yeah, but if I walk in, the whole room's going to change. Get out of it. Change your own room first. And yes, the expectation that you're changing the atmosphere around you, absolutely. But if you change it with pride, it's a bad change. God sees my gifts, and he sees them great, not for my name, but for his. And he sees them great to be able to encourage a company, to be able to encourage a tribe, to be able to encourage families to step into the destinies that God's called us into.